Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And I know it's been a little while since I've been on with you. Um, it's, it is the off season now, after all. So uh, the kind of the, um, I guess the intercals between shows is going to probably widen just a little bit, but hey. Good things come to those who wait, and as I did kind of allude to in my last podcast, I was going to try to track down Matt and bring him on so we could finally go over and review our preseason predictions. I know you're all anxious to hear hear how we did. Uh, I don't know if we're as anxious to hear how we did. (laughs) I know I misfired on quite a few of these, Um, but um, thank you again for tuning in. I got some news to talk about as well right afterwards. We're going to dive right into this first and get Matt right on here, and we're going to go through these uh, preseason predictions that uh, we both tried to pretend we were Nostradamus and uh, and make some guesses as far as what some stats would be for the Eagles. And so uh, without any further ado, Matt, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks, Jeff. It's good to be back. The, uh, the funny thing about the offseason is you never want it to come. You want to keep playing in the playoffs, but it's funny because it's like you have to go through like almost the five stages of grief when somebody dies. It's like, ah, that's the end of our season. I don't want to accept it. And then you got to accept it. And then it's like, all right, well, now what? And so you go through these stages, but it doesn't take too long because the season moves kind of quick, right? So already you've got the coaching carousel to talk about. You've got, okay, let's focus on the draft. What does this mean for us? The draft order set because we know how teams have finished. So, there's so much fun to be had for all the people that are true sports fans out there during this off season. So I'd rather have the Eagles playing this Sunday, but we can't. So now we move on um, and we'll spend a little time talking about, uh, you know what? If we didn't have the total calamity that ended up last season, I would have said our predictions were going to be spot on. But uh, <laughs> something unpredictable happened last season. Yeah, some of them were on pace until the collapse. I have to say, as I go through some of these answers, uh, we weren't. But even at the end, there was some of them we were extremely close on. We'll get to those too. So it's not a complete failure in terms of our predictions. But you know, some of them are way off. But uh, we'll get to those in a moment. But yeah, tons of talk about. To your point, you know, uh, the Eagles were playing at this time of the year last year as they were in the Super Bowls, we remember. And, uh, you know, it's tough. Uh, it's really just this, the toughest thing for me, and I'm sure yourself and Eagle fans in general, I'm probably speaking for the majority of fans, is just the way that they went out. I mean, with no fight, no heart, just total epic collapse and just losing to bad teams getting second chances for the second seed and still coming out and laying a big turd on the field. It's just that type of stuff. We just is completely unacceptable to me, to I'm sure you, and I'm sure to most of this fan base. And that's the part that's uh, the most frustrating uh, as to how the season ended. Well, you know, they could always have lost a tough game to a good team. That didn't happen. They were losing to bad teams and not even being competitive, losing to bad teams. Anyway, yeah, they went out without even a whimper, it seems. And, right. you know, cue Jeff Goldblum, that's one big pile of shit. <laughs> and that's <laughs> the rest of the week's uh, that is That is the perfect analogy. That is probably when, when people talk about Jurassic Park, I always bring up that scene. I'm like, that is my favorite scene in the entire movie. Even with all the CGI and the great dinosaurs. I love Jeff Goldblum striding up, taking his glasses off and... Pure Goldblum fashion, just Mr. Cool, Calm, Collective. 
and just saying there's one big pile of shit. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. That scene is classic to me. Yeah. Um, all right. That's the summary. Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what this season ended to. And who would have thought after being 10-1 and one, that it would have ended up a big pile of shit? But it did. Perfect analogy. Absolutely. All right, so here we go. Let's, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna re because I know you haven't seen these questions since before the season started, so you may not even remember your answer. I'll give you the answer, but I'll, I'll just give you the name and certain some, some of these questions. So, the who did you think would lead the Eagles in sacks? I believe I said Hassan Reddick. You did, and you are correct. Uh, I didn't ask for some reason. Uh, I must have put these questions together because I'm like, why didn't they ask this question and that question? I'm like, man, I really kind of – I must have just thrown this together really quick before we uh, went on that day. Next year I promise to take more take more time in these preseason questions because I asked who's going to be the leader in sacks, but I didn't even ask you know, the follow-up question, how many sacks? So, yeah. uh, I mean, so I don't know why that was. So, yes, you were right. You guessed Reddick. I guessed Josh Sweat, who was on pace to potentially, and then he – he just fell off with the, you know, like the team did. Um, but uh, let's see. Some of this is going to have to bear with me as I go through. So Reddick ended up with 11 sacks. So he did lead the team. And second. Wow. Yeah. He had 11 sacks. And second on the team in sacks was Josh Sweat. So it's not like I bombed on, the, on my guess. But the thing is, out of his six and a half sacks that he had, I think six of the of the sacks or five of them were in the first like five or six games <laughs> because yeah. you know when the Eagles were like halfway through the season he I think he was leading the team in sacks and then he just didn't do anything the rest of the year I don't know what the heck happened to him like the rest of the team they just I don't know who knows <laughs> the defense we'll talk about that in a bit once we get past the yeah but- so so score win for Matt on that one. Now we go to, and this is this is a classic right here, the way this one ended up. So we had a prediction for the a rookie, first pick, Jalen Carter, number of sacks. You, do you I remember? I was close on Well, here's the thing. This is what's funny about this. You guessed seven. I guessed five. And he had six. Six. <laughs> so, so we basically hit that right in the head between both of our guests. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you wanna you wanna make some money? Listen to our show. That's right. Hell yeah, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> so far, yeah, so far one and two in sacks predictions, and we were one off one way and the other, a high and low on the on the Carter's sacks. So, which is good. We're off to a good start because it gets worse from here. <laughs> so, <laughs> How many interceptions? Uh, let's not talk about. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where that's actually what's next. Um, I remember who I said. Who did you say? I want to say Sydney Brown. Is who I you said. did. You did say Sydney Brown. And again, I didn't ask for how many numbers. I just or how many interceptions. I just said who's going to lead the Eagles in interceptions. Now you did guess Brown, and I guessed Blankenship, who led the Eagles in interceptions. So go. I'm still off to a pretty good start here. And how many did he have? He had three, I believe. Uh, three. Let me check. Yeah, he didn't have a ton. Uh, nope. Let me see here interceptions yeah Blankenship had three Darius Slay had two he was second and there was a bunch of people that had one including Bayard Bradbury Sidney Brown uh so Brown did have one Brown did have the most exciting interception Brown had the most explosive defensive play of the year he did he had the best defensive player of the season yep and then they 
started him in a meaningless game and then he oh, don't get me going oh, on yeah. that. I probably went three podcasts just just <laughs> absolutely hammering Eagles for being that stupid. I'm sure you did. If oh, they yeah. haven't heard how how Jeff could get <laughs> and stew for weeks, you just heard it. Oh, well, they did. They did. I actually had to force myself not to keep talking about it, which was hard. <laughs> so yeah, my audience is well informed of my uh, displeasure with the Eagles stupidity. Um yeah. Tackles for loss. Who was your guess? Ooh. Do you remember your guess? I'm going to go Reddick again, but I'm not sure. You went with Sweat. Oh, okay. I went with Reddick, and Reddick okay. okay. did win. So I'm actually – I did better. I mean, believe me, my fault my, – my, my bad guesses are coming up, believe me. But so far, I'm doing pretty damn good. Reddick did lead the Eagles in in tackles for losses with 13. Now, your guy Sweat finished third. Can you or fourth? Can you guess who finished second? Only one behind Reddick. This is going to be probably surprising for you. It was for me. Who finished one behind Reddick with tackles for loss? Who would be your guess? I would say. Gotta be a DT, maybe Milton Williams or Carter. Carter finished third. third. He's the one that's okay. in between. He's the other one that's in between Reddick and Sweat. BG? Nope. This is why it's a shock. It really is surprising. Can't be a linebacker. It is a linebacker. And it's the oh, player that and it's the player that also had the only safety on the team this year. So maybe that'll help you. It's not moral. It is moral. It is moral. Yeah, yeah. he had a safety lead, right? Yeah. yeah. So you look at Moral's stats this year. He was second on a team in tackles. By the way, third on a team in tackles was Zach Cunningham. Uh, and 12 tackles for a loss, which is impressive as hell. And he had in the beginning of the season. He also had five quarterback hits and one safety and three sacks. I mean, you look at that, those numbers from a linebacker and you're like, damn, that's pretty damn good. But we also yeah. know that he was, was horrible in pass coverage. Yeah. yeah. So as good as he is with those stats, which are impressive. I mean, who wouldn't take that stat line? Almost 100 tackles, 12 tackles for a loss, five quarterback hits, a safety, and three sacks? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I would take that any day of the week out of a linebacker. But he could not cover uh, me in the outfield. Yeah. In the uh, secondary. Um, and I'm 50 years old now. Maybe when I was younger, it'd be tough to, to cover me, but not anymore. Um, all right, so points per game on defense. <laughs> I gotta see if I even can figure this stat out here. Wow, this one. So this one's gonna be way off the mark. Way. I remember the expectations I had going into the season. Yeah, we're we're way off on this one. I'm trying to I'm trying to find total points scored against here. I know I did figure it out at one time, but I don't have it in front of me, so. Uh, they, must, they must have averaged giving up maybe 20 points a game, 21, 22 points a game. How the hell do I find points given up? Hang on one second. This is going to take me a second. Yeah. This is I remember over. thinking like under 20 points is a good defense. Over 20 points is probably average. You know what? Let me just go to the standings really quick, and that will give me the uh, – then I can do the math really really fast. So in the meantime, just talk about something. <laughs> just kill, yeah. kill some dead air time. Hey, well, 
sounds like a good time to plug my favorite reference website, Pro Football Reference, where you can type in these type of stats and plug anything you Actually, want. Actually, that's where I was I was just on. I was. That's oh, where yeah. I was just on. But but rather than that, I, and th- to me, I just – I couldn't find it. I scrolled through it, and I know it's on there. But I yeah. think right now, just so I don't kill too much time. But that is a great – the Pro Football Reference is an awesome site. Go-to. For any and all stats, but I'm going to go to regular season and just do the math really quick. So Eagles scored; they gave up 428 points. So what is what is that divided by 17? Do some quick math here. 428 divided by 17. 428 divided by 17 is drum roll 25.17. <laughs> we, here's where both you and me took a diversion to the. Uh, to not being anywhere close. You had, do you remember, you wanted to guess where you were around? I want to say I was at 20 or just below it, which is crazy. You were way below it. Like 13, 14? 13.9. That's crazy. (laughs) Looking back, I'm like, what? And I was 16.5. So playing the Price is Right game, I'll I'll get closer too, but we were both almost ten points. You were twelve points per game off, and I was nine points per game off. I am sure Which, whatever listeners listen to that episode, we definitely got some shock and awe going on with that. Was like yeah, what? We we totally overrated our defense. Even even with just the current rules of the game, how everything's geared to the offense, why would we have said? I don't know. Yeah, those are bad. Those were just bad. Bad. Less than. If you're up around 18, 19 points per game, you've got one of the top defenses in the NFL. Where did we put the Eagles? 13, 16 points. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's the homer pick right there. Yeah. Woo. The audience was like, what the hell are you guys smoking? And I don't blame them because uh, that's that's pretty bad. Uh, so offensively now, we're going to be much closer. Uh, so that's a, that's a relief. Um. Well, we didn't expect the defense to play like they did. That's, that's and then here's here. Oh wow! Holy smokes! As bad as we were defensively, we were right on the freaking nose offensively. You had twenty four points per game. All right, on average, yeah. they ended up with twenty five point four. Okay, you want to know what my guess was? Twenty eight. Twenty five point three. Wow. I actually put the point three in. I was one tenth of a percent off from hitting that one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Twenty five point four was the actual, and I guess twenty five point three. I mean, you can't get better than that. Yeah. And your twenty four is right there too. So we both were nailed that one right on the nose. All right, rushing touchdowns. Who would lead the Eagles in rushing touchdowns? This one was a layup guess by both of us, and ended up being true. Yeah, Swift. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I thought you said by a running back. No, not by a running back. No, just rushing touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you threw me off there for a second. Here I am talking about being a layup. I remember we both answered that pretty quick, like, oh, it's going to be Hurts. Yes, it was Hurts. Um, no surprise there. Okay, so the next one was. Touchdowns for A.J. Brown. This is one of those stats where he was well on his way. 
to being and, where we both came in. Oh my gosh, it was. But then the Eagles decided not to throw them the last five games of the season. Um, no, well, they did, but only in desperation throw. Yeah, only when the game was on the line and he was under pressure and he decided to launch it 60 yards down the field in triple coverage. So, you want to guess what your guess was? I must have had him at like 13, maybe? You had him at 12, which is exactly what I had. We both guessed 12 touchdowns. He ended up with seven. Which he basically had when the Eagles were ten and one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he was right on pace to be right where we guessed, but we ended up overshooting there. Uh, now I asked the same question about uh, about Smith, Demonte. So what did you? Uh, what do you think? You remember what your guess was there? Well, nine, maybe ten. You guessed nine. Yep. And he yep. ended up with, I think he had seven also. Yeah. Both him and Smith, Brown and Smith, both had seven touchdowns. So you ended up winning this one in the uh, Price is Right uh, rules because I guessed 10. So you were closer. Okay. Wait. This next one's going to blow you out of your out of mind too. Okay. How close we were. How many passing yards for Hertz? I had him, I think I had him at like 4,200 or 4,300. 4,001. 4,001. Yep. That's what I said, or that's what you got? No, that's what you said. That was your guess. Uh, okay, yep. I had 4,020. <laughs> <laughs> so we were both. Of that. And Matt and I, by the way, we didn't like, you know, talk about our answers before we, I asked Matt live on that podcast, go back to that podcast before the season started, you'll hear these answers live. So there's no uh, hanky panky going on here where we were, you know, colluding or guessing and getting close to each other. We both had these guesses on the spot. Yeah. And so Matt had 4,001. I had 4,020 and Hertz ended up with 3,858. So pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. You win again with the uh, prices, right? Being closer. And now we go to passing touchdowns by Hertz. What do you think your guess was there? Well, I want to say 25. You guessed 28. 28, okay. And I guessed 31. So I remember you higher. Yeah. So yeah. again, the price is right rules. You win again because Hertz had only 23. So you were five five off. I think it's disappointing. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And this offense, way disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Did not live up to expectations. Nope, definitely not. Um, Now, I had the perfect, when I was guessing for this question, what to make is the over-under, it was a perfect over-under number. And that was the number of rushing yards by Hertz. You might remember I had the question and put the over-under at 700 yards. Do you want to? Do you want to guess what was right? The over or under? I I think I would have probably said under. Uh, yes, we both said under. We both said under, and we. But what we're right? And he I, had yeah. yep. So seven hundred was the line I gave. Yeah, and we I both took the under, 
and Hertz ended up with 605 rushing yards. 605, okay. Yep. So I guess 600 would have been the best, most ideal line to have. Because that was right, 605. But still, <laughs> I put it at 700, pretty damn close. So we both yeah. were right h- hitting the under. And you're right, Matt. I'm going to echo your thoughts at the beginning of this thing because we're actually doing better than I thought overall. We're hitting these pretty, pretty good. Some of them were way off. But you know what? To guess what we did for the season, most of these are pretty, pretty damn close. Yeah. Um, but now is my complete disaster of, of a guess that's coming up. And that is <laughs> receiving yards and touchdowns by Goddard. Well, he missed. He did miss some games. Yes, he missed. Uh, let me see. He missed uh, three games. Yeah, his recovery from that fractured forearm was amazing. Like that's yeah, he could have missed more than that. Yeah, he came back three yeah. games. Yeah. All right, yeah, so we're going to be way over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, put it this way, Matt. As way over as you were, I was even further over. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I totally underestimated him here. I think even with the three games, I mean, if you factor in the three games, you would have been probably been close. I still would have been over. I think you would have been close. Yeah. I was guessed in the 800. You guessed 864, 864 yards. Okay. Yeah. And the actual was um, 500. Again, remember, we were thinking 17 games. The actual for Goddard was 592 yards. How many balls did he catch? That one was not one of my questions, but he caught 59 for a a 10-yard per catch average. Gotcha. So pretty good stats, you know, and and like I said, you would have been close. Me? (laughs) I almost had him at 1,000 yards. I had him at 970 yards receiving. (laughs) So he wasn't going to have that unless he had an absolute took off in the second half of the season. So yeah, yeah, exactly. The 31 touchdown passes by Hertz. Yeah. Yeah. I expected more to go to him. Um, So uh, touchdowns I did for some reason, even though I didn't do this for, Oh no, I did do it for Smith and Brown. How many touchdowns did you predict for Goddard? And again, you got to keep in mind he missed three games here with these guesses. So, uh, I think so. what'd you say? Seven, I think. You guessed six, which is not bad because you would have been close again because he had three. They actually had three on the season. Three, three touchdown catches. God, so he probably maybe would. You know, it's that's that's horrible for Goddard. I mean, that's that's bad. That's just yeah. bad. You got a guy like Goddard with his. Ability, he's got to score more than three times, even though he played three less games. He should be at least around what you guessed six, and that's with missing three games. I guessed eight yep. touchdowns. I basically had Goddard as the number one starter in the Pro Bowl this year <laughs> with my hey, yeah, with quick, my guesses. So how many how many touchdowns did Julio Jones get? Three. He had three. as many as Goddard, oh, and he had oh, eleven. Oh, ca- and he had eleven catches. So you throw those onto Goddard, and now I'm right on with the touchdown. That's true, and I would have been just two over. So you're going to win yeah. that one again with the price and rise uh, rule. I'll take it. I bid a dollar, and I got yeah, it. Yeah, you did. Um, 
Here's one that I couldn't find the stat. And that is sacks given up by Jurgens. You had two, I had four. Uh, I don't know where to find that stat. Let me see if I can punch him up here. Well, he missed a bunch of games too, right? He did miss some games, yeah, he did. I'll look at that one afterwards. We'll save that one. Um, more. Who's going to have more receptions, Gainwell or Swift? I guess I would have guessed Gainwell, but I think Swift. I, I think Swift clearly beat him. Yeah, and I think me listening to you rave about Gainwell all the time, you uh, you uh, influenced me to also guess Gainwell, and we were both wrong because it was Swift. <laughs> yeah, and Swift was dynamic, man. I hope uh, we'll talk about it, but God, they got to sign Swift back. Please. Yeah, only nine more. It was still close. Swift had thirty nine, Gainwell had thirty. So well, it wasn't that far off, but we were both wrong. <laughs> now, here's one that ended up being a moot question because he was traded by the end of the season, and that was roughing or uh, major penalties uh, by uh, Barnett. <laughs> and you, had th- you had three and I had two, but first of all, he didn't play enough to even get penalties but with the Eagles, and then he was traded. So I don't have the answer to that one. And because he's no longer an Eagle, I'm not going to spend much time on it. You know what? Though, wouldn't it be funny if he actually had three with the Texans? I, I don't know. But yeah, that would be. I, I could probably. I, I don't. I don't know how to even yeah. find that. Find that out. Um. Next year, I'm going to have what's going to be the field goal percentage for Elliott because I think that'd be a good one to go on. I mean, it's practically 100. percent He was 93.8 this year. The guy is ridiculously good. Yeah, he is so underappreciated by the Eagles. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I think I think Eagle fans appreciate him, but it just goes. I think it's worth saying. And repeating how freaking good Jake Elliott is of a kicker. Yeah, I I would seriously consider him as Eagles MVP for the season, man. He, oh, he probably he was you know what he probably was. And yeah. Showed up every single day and lived up to expectations. Yeah, it was probably AJ Brown until he completely collapsed. Not his fault, but you know because they just weren't throwing him anymore, and the Eagles' offense just hit the skid so bad. It probably was him, but I think yeah. Jake, Jake. Over 50-yard field goals this year was 7 for 8. 7 for 8. Over 57 for 8. Yep. And he hit a 61-yarder as yep. well. So he actually hit one over 60. That's unbelievable. It really is. Like, in a season where you're like, Jalen Hurts, wow, that's weird. How did, how, why did that finish that way? A.J. Brown, that's weird. Why did that finish that way? With a defense that's, like, unpredictable, why did that finish that way? When it comes to Jake Elliott, you're like, yeah, dude was Mr. Consistent all the way through. Like, ultra-reliable, can count on, and, God, if more games just came down to him, yeah. we'd be all right. I, I'd be like, hey, he's the MVP, man. I'd mm-hmm. give it to him this year. Now, I saved the best for last in terms of you being at the butt end of this joke. Okay. <laughs> Because I think it was just announced today. I could be wrong, but I swear to God I heard it on the radio. I'll have to double check because I don't want to give you heat if it's not accurate. But I asked, it was actually your question. You asked at, when I was finished with my questions, who would be the first coach to be fired? Oh, yeah. And I guessed Ron Rivera. Who I don't think he was the first, but he was one of them. He got fired. So I was right. I just don't know if he was the first one to get canned. But do you remember who your guess was? 
he made it to the end of the season. The first one was canned in the middle of the season. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Right. So I wasn't I wasn't right, but at least my coach got fired. Yeah. Well, the, I almost named I almost named this guy instead of who I did name. I think I named Stefanski for the Browns, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he just won coach of the year. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Joe Flacco, he loses Nick Chubb, he loses his quarterback. I know. They Joe Flacco off the couch, and they get into the playoffs. All right, so did you hear that as well? Because I thought I heard that on the radio today, and I was I was kind of like laughing because I remember yeah. that you picked him to be the first coach fired. So is that yeah, is that yeah. true? Do I need to look it up? Look up what? That he was coach of the year. He was named uh, coach of the year. I don't, I don't know if he was I, – I, I assume he's a candidate. I, I did not see whether or not he was yeah. the winner of the coach. I know all the awards just came out, so it's possible. I know Flacco won Comeback Player of the Year, I think, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, let me just verify this. Let me see if it's on here. Yeah. Um, well, while you're while you're looking, the yeah. coach that was the first fired coach of the year was Josh McDaniel out in L.A. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned him as an honorable mention. I'm like, well, there's always Josh McDaniel. But I want to <laughs> He might have. I'll verify that. I just don't want to. I don't want to do too much clicking around because sometimes I'll lose. I'll lose my feed. I don't want to have to start the show over. So I will verify that uh, on my next podcast. But I do think that Matt's prediction for for being first coach fired actually wins <laughs> NFL Coach of the Year, which is funny. Uh, I have to. T- yeah, that's just funny. We'll see what happens next year. But overall, you know, you won the uh, you won the prediction battle. Uh, you had more guesses closer to um, the right answer than I did. Um, so good job. And uh, yeah, all right. So now let's dig into just. I, I usually have notes and stuff, but uh, I know you got to get going pretty pretty soon. So I want to. There's a few things I want to touch on here. Uh, so much to talk about. Um, where do we start? Um, Let's start with the coaching changes. What are your thoughts on some of these moves the Eagles have made? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Um, do you think they were necessary? Uh, just give me your general thoughts. Well, so general thoughts is we lost a lot more last year than we thought going into the season, right? The loss of Shane Steichen and the loss of uh, yep. Jonathan Gannon. Huge impact. Which I said was my biggest concern. I don't know if I had you on when I said that, but – before the season started, that's what I said was my biggest concern with this team. And they got off to a 10 1 start, and I'm like, well, I guess it's nothing to be concerned about. Uh, you would yeah. think that if it was a concern, it would start at the beginning of the season when they would struggle, and then it would get better as the season went on. That's what yeah. that's what just doesn't make hardly any sense when you think about it, because they ended up having major coaching issues second half of the season. Well, so what, what was weird was I don't I don't get how you like demote somebody yet keep them on the team. Uh, that was a horrible and decision. That depends off to Patricia. I'm like, you, you, I thought if there's one mistake Sirianni made, it was that. If it and was I him, I still think it was done above him. his head. Yeah, but yeah, fire him so he's out of the room and give the whole thing to Patricia. Yeah, that's why I think that you it know, was glad- that to me validated the reason why they didn't fire Sirianni this year because that's a fireable decision that one that blows up that badly in your face. And to me, yeah. if that was indeed Sirianni who made that decision, I think the Eagles would have fired him. That's why I really think that that decision was made by above Sirianni. It was made by yeah. Howie, even though they don't admit it. They won't admit it. But to me, that's it validates that that's what happened because Sirianni did keep his job. Because they can't fire a guy who was told to do something that they wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. 
No. You know? No. Oh, no, that's true. And, and maybe that's the way. And I hope Sirianni told him, like, hey, uh, if you don't let me make those decisions, it spoils the locker room. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it that, did. That, after that move, never got better. No. Like, they may have had issues with the side, but they were still playing. Right. And there was no more playing after they lost. I, yeah, I and then you got... Niners game, they make these moves. I'm just like, the yeah. Niners are a good team. Like, right, and you had an easier part of your schedule coming up. I mean, you don't make those moves then. Why yeah. hit the panic button after losing to two of the best teams in the league? Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. One games at the beginning of the season, so something was going right early. And, we, and I remember saying in, a, in a, one of your podcasts, like, it's not time to panic. Like, let's just get back on track. Slow yeah. corrections are the best ones. So, yeah. I don't know what happened there. The, the, I read an article this week that said that Desai had disgruntled a lot of players, and they were already checking out, and that's why the move was made to put Desai. I heard out that too. The game planning. The I heard charge. that too. Yeah, I heard that yeah. too. Yeah. And, and that makes a lot of sense then. But I'm just glad that I'm glad that that house is clean on defense. I loved the signing of. Um, Vic Fangio, but even more than that, the you know Vic. You look at all these guys that have signed on to be part of his. Yeah, he's bringing in some good, experienced coaches. Great, yeah, the great the the defensive line. The D line coach looks like you could suit him up, man. I mean, that guy. Yeah. You seen the size of that dude? Holy yeah, cow! He's a former, he was the defensive coordinator for Seattle last year. So yeah, he's, he's got, yeah, yeah. He's got the full job experience, so I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm not sure Fangio's going to coach for all that long. You know, part of it was his move to get home to his family in Scranton. Yep. So he's probably not in it, but he's brought a structure that's going to be set up for a few years if things work out right. So yeah. I love the Vic Angel hiring. Love everyone else that's come over to help him out. Uh, they just signed the, uh, the defensive backs coach uh, right. from Denver, right? So you the Denver guy. guy. With, yeah, was pit, worked with Sertain. With Sertain Jr., yep. And I'm like, okay, that's yeah. good because – Hopefully that means we'll draft some young quarterbacks or at least keep developing Ringo, uh, really, uh, Keely Ringo. Right. Um, so I love that. And then on the offensive side, you know, I have one con with Kellen Moore and the rest I love. So yep. I love the fact that when Kellen Moore was with the Cowboys, we couldn't, we never had an answer for him. Right. We That's never, true. He brushed us every time. Right. So he did. I like that. I don't think. You know, the offense didn't suffer all that much out there in San Diego. He's almost a casualty of them firing the head coach and moving in a completely other direction. That's a bad so, coach they had over there, too. Uh, I blame the head coach uh, more than him. The yeah, head coach in San Diego is terrible. Like about Kellen Moore, he doesn't hardly run the ball. Right. But he, he does have the backs active in that screen passing game. He likes to throw to the backs, yes. Which makes and I'm like, that's why I'm like, God, please sign Swift. Yeah. You got Swift and Gamewell that can both catch and run out of the backfield and Kellen Moore that that works right into what he does best. He also loves throwing to both of those wideouts too though. So Yeah. Like you can um, see Devontae Smith really taking off. Yeah, I see both Brown and Smith being highly capable in this offense. Plus he's a creative mind and when they were in the red zone, he scores points. Yeah. So all yeah, overall, I like it. I just the only reason why I, I could my con, I guess, is that the fact that he's coming from Dallas and the Cowboys know his tendencies. So you you talking about your number one rival, who's going to know your your offensive scheme pretty well? They do, but Quinn moved on, right? So Quinn you know, did, but some of the players are still there, though. Like Dak is still there, there you know. Ceedee Lamb is still guy, there. I, I think 
Moore rethinks stuff every season. Hopefully, he's going to have to. Yeah, he'll have to change things up for sure. Overall, I like the move, though. I think he's one of the better offensive coordinators in the NFL. So it's not – I don't have – like when I say cons, the pros to me outweigh the cons. And yeah. yeah. And he helped develop Dak. He helped develop Josh Herbert. So, yeah. you know, he's got some experience working with young quarterbacks and taking advantage of what they do best. And, and I think he's got enough clout to put his foot down with Jalen Hurts because I still don't know what happened on offense where – What's the story? I've read both stories. I read Hurts audibled out of so many plays because they were bad. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, the plays that he audibled out of are still bad. So who's <laughs> right. Yeah. First, you know, I, and I just remember in my head, and most people probably remember this when Hurts tried to audible out of that one play. I forget which game it was, but Kelsey looks at him. He's like, "No, dude." Yeah, he's I'm yelling at him. Yeah. Left. Like, just fucking high. Yeah, and then ended up being like a 15 yard gain. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so you know, Kelsey, Kelsey was not always on the same page with his audibles either, clearly. No, so I'm, I'm hoping more. But the problem is we may not have Kelsey next year to be <laughs> to be barking at Hurts anymore, you know. Yes, so we'll see how that goes. I, I think it's good because of stability. Like, we needed to stabilize both sides right off the bat. And yeah. we've got that as a minimum. So, yeah, I agree. We needed they needed to make full scale changes, and they did. They've completely changed over. Like they didn't keep any of the coaches other than Stout, which is yeah. you know which is good because I don't want to ever lose that guy. Um, and I love people. People hate Sirianni because he doesn't step in and meddle with what he's assembled. But but I think that's a good thing with their head coach. You know, you look at how he he allowed Shane Steichen when he was here to turn that offense into a powerhouse. And Nick stepped out and said, I'm not. Yeah. He said, he admitted he wasn't good at playing calling and turned it over yeah. to Stoughton and they went, they went nuts. And, and he, uh, wants, he wants to have that happen with Moore too. He's like, Moore's going to run this offense. Yep. I'm going to, I'm, I want Moore. To well, run I think Howie on. basically told him that you're not going to be, I think Howie <laughs> basically gave <laughs> him the directive. Yeah, I think Howie and Jeffrey Lurie said, listen, if you want to keep your job, Kellen Moore is running the offense. You stay out of it. So <laughs> I think it was more like that. Much, yeah, the other thing I love about Moore is I don't think he's a strictly RPO type guy either. So No, they didn't run that many RPOs in Dallas. Huh? They didn't run many RPOs in Dallas. Um, nope, they, they, you know, they, they take advantage of their tight ends. They got a good one here. You know, that, you know Moore is always... Yeah. Some teams, and, and I just, we did so much RPO the last two years, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's kind of figured out. D, yeah, defense has figured it out. The ball like a beast, then, they, yeah. then it's easily stoppable. And defense so. is, and, and Hurts, as he gets older, is not going to be as quick and elusive anyway. So that play is going to go away gradually just because of his, you know, just getting older. Yep. Yep. And he never was a quick twitch guy. He, no, he, he wasn't. Yeah. Jackson, yeah, no, uh, you're right. Other guys get that really have escapism. He doesn't really have the escape. Yeah, he just finds a hole and goes. Power run. Yeah. Yeah. So I like them both, and they need stability there. So that's that's an upgrade already, and I'm just glad that they did it so quickly after the season ended, so that we're not toiling around with trying to grab other people's scraps. Yeah, I I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Um. All right. Uh. Let's see. I know you got to get going here pretty soon. I'm trying to think of some other things. What about um, talk a little bit about defense? Let's just think about some of the. 
we're gonna we'll have you on before the draft, obviously. Um, in fact, what I'm thinking about doing is bringing Johnny and you on at the same time because Johnny actually uh, follows the draft pretty closely, and he's kind of going to be like my draft expert, quote unquote, to bring on the show. So I might have like a all three of us on uh, in a pre-draft episode, so we'll all kind of go through the draft together. Awesome. Uh, so that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to ask before you go for your uh, Super Bowl prediction. I already gave mine on the podcast last week, but I'll let you know what it is as well after I hear yours. Um, uh, is there anything uh, you want to talk about before I let you go? Anything else on your mind about the Eagles that you want to just uh, get off your chest? Or are you good? No, I think that's it. If you were to summarize last season, it just quite simply comes to did not live up to expectations. Yeah. And trying to figure out why, you know, who knows? Only the inside people know, you know? I think A.J. Brown – Got a lot of criticism locally, and people were starting to call him checked out. Even I was starting to bend that way of like, wait, what are you doing, AJ? Like, why aren't you talking to the media? Yeah. But all of AJ's interviews since has been the same story. He's like, no, just trying to grow up. I'm just trying to keep my stuff yeah. inside. I talk about everything every day, and that's why I clean up my social media. Yeah. But you hear, you hear key players talking about Sirianni, and all of them are positive. Yeah, they did. That's that's actually another reason. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I wanted to mention that too. That's another reason why they brought Sirianni back because I think if they – because I knew that's one thing that Lurie is very good about, getting a pulse of the team. I always thought that Lurie has a really good pulse of the team, which is why he knows when to pull the trigger and when not to. And once I saw Kelsey come out and Fletcher Cox and Graham all, all really going to bat and saying, you know, Sirianni is not the problem here. Uh, Kelsey used the word. I, I love Coach Sirianni. When, when you hear that, I knew he was yeah. going to get fired. Once you're, if you're, Cox, Cox called that one reporter a dumbass to his. Face oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was like, "What the hell? What the hell are you talking about? Get out of my face, man!" Something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, he did. He completely shut him down. Yeah. Yeah, you would not have seen that type of reaction from the players if Nick had lost the locker room, like a lot yeah. of local media thing he did. Right. So. Yep. So you saw that real live reaction from Fletcher. You saw the response from Kelsey using the word "I love Coach Sirianni." Once I saw yeah. those those two things, you know, the, I didn't I didn't think Larry would fire him. I just thought he'd, he'd be able to survive. Now I do think going into next year, he's going to be on thin ice. He will be, yes, he will be on thin ice. But I think, but I, I just think the Eagles are still a very talented team. So I don't, you yeah. know, they've got stability now, and honestly, Hurts and Sirianni are going to be tied together next year. Yeah, but um, when you're playing, when you're paying, when you're paying the player, you know, three hundred something million dollars, he's gonna survive. The coach is gonna go, you know. Yeah, yeah and but I get your hurts. point. There's definitely gonna be a ton of pressure on Hurts yeah. for sure. Because they cleared out, they cleared out the coaches, and so now they're saying, okay, we're sorry we messed you up last year. Right. But there's not a person in the world that would say that he didn't regress on the field with the way he's playing quarterback. So definitely that not. Has to be I was saying it almost the whole season that he was regressing before our eyes. Even when they were ten and one, I was I was I had issues with Hertz um yep. on this podcast and I was calling him out then and he never corrected him. Um yeah. so you know, I think there's a lot of positive things to look forward to. As far as the Super Bowl goes, yeah. You know, I it's so hard to <laughs> to say that Mahomes is going to lose a game of this magnitude. <sighs> yeah, because he doesn't. He just I, doesn't no, lose these not, games. Yeah, 
you, you know, there was a lot of stories that broke last week about his dad being arrested. I'm like, if anything, Mahomes is going to kick it up even to a higher degree because he's going to be that much more. I didn't know his dad was arrested. I, th- I thought his brother was the one that was arrested. Yeah, his dad got arrested for like his, I don't know. Really? The former, the former pitcher? Yeah. Really, I did not hear that. So what happened? What's the story? Yeah. Well, I just arrested and picked up for DUI. Oh, and it was DUI? Okay. Like a whole bunch of them. They were talking about this on local. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, for some reason, I've been kind of checked out with following sports this week. I mean, I usually just watch, like, if it's two teams that I'm, I'm obviously going to watch the Super Bowl, but I have not been watching any of the media days or anything like that. Usually I do, but maybe it's because the Eagles aren't in it this year and I'm just dejected, but. So yeah, I, I checked it out this year, and they asked Mahomes directly about that this week, and he just said, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to answer that question. You know, I mean, ask, ask me a football question." Yeah, he's focused, but I'm like, I Brock Purdy may come out in a maze, right? Because he always is is proving people wrong, and he he'll probably keep the Niners right there, but I just don't see Mahomes not living up to the moment every single time. Like he, they, he's like he uh, he doesn't make so, mistakes in these big games. Just doesn't he, he doesn't. He doesn't. Now, his team might make mistakes around him, but he is like... He doesn't. I look at Mahomes, I'm like, what you have in Mahomes is an athletic Tom Brady. <laughs> like, the guy mentally is all over the game of football. Yeah. And knows all the right things to do. But yep. then his body allows him to do even some wrong things that he knows are going to end up right. Like, yeah, because he's a little more versatile. He's got the pocket presence of Brady, but he can also no, escape. No, no. And Brady could never so escape, but he could escape. And he's one of those guys that when he has to scramble, he's going to run just fast enough that you can't catch him. It's the most frustrating thing. Just to enough to get the first down. Yeah. So I, I think Mahomes is the reason why the Chiefs are going to win. Plus the Chiefs defense, I think, has been playing a little bit better than the Niners defense. But I expect it to be a close game. I expect Kelsey and Kittle to be the two stars as far as the receivers go. And what a fantastic matchup that's going to be to watch. And then you've got these other guys. Who's going to make more plays outside the tight end position? Rasheed Rice or Debo Samuel? You know? Or Ayuk. So, and, or Ayuk, yeah. So, going to be a good game, but I think ultimately Mahomes has just got a champion's mentality, a champion's heart. He's just so tough to beat all the time. Um, all right. So, well, I just got home. All right, well, give me, give me a second to give you my take. Give me the final score. I would say let's go 34 Chiefs and 27. 34-27 Chiefs. Okay. So here's my um, here's my take on this game. I I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, but I'm taking – what's that? Don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what? I'm losing you a little bit. You're cutting out. Uh, so I'll just go on and, and let you know what my prediction is. So can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Okay, you're back. All right, so I agree with what you said. I think I, I 100% agree with everything you said about the Chiefs, what you said about Mahomes, um, the players out on each side. I agree with all that. For me, I think when I look at both of these teams, I think the 49ers are the better team. Now, the better team doesn't always win. Who's got the advantage at quarterback? The Chiefs do, Mahomes, which is always a, always key in these big games, always. Um, now, one thing that I, I like about Purdy is the guy is resilient. And so I don't see him fading under the pressure or struggling. Uh, or if he does struggle, I could see him rebounding from it if he starts off slow. 
Like he just, I, I'm becoming more of a believer in Purdy, even though I don't like him. I'm not a fan of his because I just, I think he's a little cocky uh, myself, just personally. Uh, he comes across to me that way. I'm not saying I'm right about that. He may not be cocky at all, but to me, I just, I, I, I see some cockiness in him as a smirk he has in his face all the time. But people that were saying that he's just a system quarterback and he's just a product of the system, I'm like, no, this guy could play football. He can throw accurately. He's got doesn't have a strongest arm in the world, but he can make the throws. And he's got a little clutch gene in him himself. I think I've seen it too. So if it's a close game, I can see Purdy, you know, in the last drive making plays and, and getting getting Sam Fran in a position to make the field goal. Now, this gets to my other point. Making the field goal. The Chiefs also have a huge advantage in special teams because their kicker is really good. The 49ers kicker sucks. He's terrible. So if this game comes down to a field goal, advantage Kansas City. All that being said, with all these close calls the 49ers have made in the years, getting to the Super Bowl, getting to the NFC Championships, I think this year they're going to get over the top. And I think the 49ers are going to find a way to win this game and win a close one against the Chiefs. But I am going to be rooting for the Chiefs. I think so. I'm rooting for the Chiefs too, but I would love to see like Kyle Shanahan is a superb football coach. So he is. The part of me that's not rooting for the Chiefs is actually rooting for Kyle Shanahan to finally punch through. Yeah, I um, think they're going to do it. That's that's really what I'm getting down to. I think the Four Niners are going to are going to finally win a Super Bowl, win it this year. I just I just have a feeling that a better team. To me, I look at both of the rosters. The Chiefs don't have as much firepower as the 49ers do offensively, and I think the 49ers' defense is a little bit better than the Chiefs, although it's pretty close. Chiefs are playing really well defensively. Um, but I, I just have a feeling that the, 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 the 49ers are going to win this game. Some sort of plan for McCaffrey. Right. That's the other thing. Weapon X in this game is McCaffrey. He is the human joystick. That could be the difference maker, the wild card, whatever you want to call him. There's no McCaffrey on the Chiefs. No, and McCaffrey, McCaffrey is the equivalent to Mahomes. Like if so, if I'm saying, "Oh, how do you beat Mahomes in the biggest game ever?" I'm like, well, you can put that on the other side and say, "How do you beat McCaffrey?" How do you stop McCaffrey? Yeah. McCaffrey. Yep. They both, they both just are unflappable, non-flinching, and give me the ball. Yeah. Give me the ball. Matters. Give me the ball. Now, I think you got a higher scoring game. I think this game's going to be a little lower scoring. I kind of see it more in the 20s, mid 20, mid to upper 20s, like a 27 24, you know, 49ers win. Yeah. Um, What's the, what would be your over under, yes or no, on a ref making some sort of oh, game changing blowout call that totally Fs up the day? Well, if it happens, it'll be pro Chiefs and pro Mahomes. He'll get the call and Purdy won't. That you can almost guarantee that. Um, you ask me what the play will be like if it'll be a, a late hit or a hit, uh, uh, unnecessary roughness on the quarterback or a pass interference. Oh, you're saying over well, under, you're saying how many bad calls will it be? Oh, I don't know. I mean, or, or picks up a flag that should have been a freaking right, should have been a penalty. Yeah, and they have a conference, and they're like, "Well, we can't do this." Like a push off on Kelsey or something, like Kelsey pushing off and getting open. I can see yeah. that not being called because right. you know Taylor Swift's Taylor Swift's at the game. We can't call Travis for pushing off. Yeah. 
I could definitely. I had absolutely. I listen. I mean, I got no faith in the refereeing. Gets worse in the league every single year. So oh, yeah. there's no doubt that there's going to be bad calls in this game. Ultimately, that's why I asked the question because I'm like, yeah. I, my biggest fear of the Super Bowl is that the refs interject like they like, did last year. Yep. I mean, yes. Bradbury said he tugged him lightly. I mean, which he did. Everyone saw it. It was a very light tug. Didn't matter and and the play at all. The ball was way thrown over his head. But the thing uh, is, they didn't call that at all the entire game. And you're caught with two no, minutes left. No. And I saw at least 10 non-calls this year in different games that were way worse than Way that. worse oh, than that. Exactly. Right. That's the issue with the call. Not the fact that Bradbury did tug on his shoulder or tug on his on his jersey for a half a second. The ball yeah. was thrown 10 yards over his head. It should never have been called. Especially, well, again. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it again. It was bad enough it burned our Eagles last year because the Eagles should have won that yeah. game. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Let's hope there's a clean game and the right team wins because they outplayed the other one. So, yeah. um, all right, man, I know you got to run. So thank you all again for tuning in to uh, Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Let me get this outro music going. There we go. Matt. Thank you, as always, for coming on, and we'll certainly have you on again in the, in the uh, off season. We got to talk about the draft. Or... Go ahead. Yeah, we got to talk about. Sorry. Go ahead. Absolutely, and on to the off season, and let's go birds. There we go. Let's go birds. So thank you all for tuning in with Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. My announcement was you're going to see the program to be able to find it on YouTube very shortly. So stay tuned for that as we continue to branch out here on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Thanks again for tuning in. As Matt said, fly Eagles fly. We'll talk to you all again soon.